our partnership with Naira continues throughout the end of the year, covering each Saturday's racing over at the In The Money Players podcast, as well as daily write-ups and analysis over on InTheMoneyPodcast.com. You can keep track of the America's Day at the Races coverage as well across the Fox family of networks for a full schedule. Please visit InTheMoneyPodcast.com slash TV. Kentucky Thoroughbred Development Fund is a proud partner of ours here at In The Money Media. Purses in Kentucky are powered by the KTDF and have led to a major enhancement to the Kentucky racing scene. KTDF dollars in purses are only for Kentucky bred horses. So breeding and racing in Kentucky are the best way to maximize profits on your racing and breeding investments. Because of the benefits of the KTDF, Churchill Downs and the Kentucky racing circuit as a whole continue to be on an upward trajectory. To learn a lot more, go to inthemoneypodcast.com slash KTDF. Want to encourage folks to check out the RTIP conference in Arizona from December 4th through December 6th. That's the Racetrack Industry Program. You can learn about it at the University of Arizona website. We're going to have a lot of friends of the show on various panels. Um, There's going to be a really cool computer-assisted wagering panel. Really looking forward to that one with uh, famed computer player Don Johnson. As one of the guests, Pat Cummings, our pal, will be on there, as well as uh, Oliver Roeder, who wrote that really good uh, Financial Times article about the CAWs. He's going to be the moderator of that panel. To learn a lot more, just Google Racetrack Industry Program at University of Arizona and sign up for your tickets today. Hello and welcome to our Breeders' Cup recap show. I'm your host, Peter Thomas Fornital, back with you in the Brooklyn bunker once again. And happy to be joined by uh, two folks I got to spend a lot of time with. Actually, not enough with one, uh, probably more than enough with the other. Uh, we'll introduce first my, my usual partner on these uh, In the Money broadcasts. He's JK, Jonathan Kitchen. What's up? You're the, you're the one I, b- I barely saw. PTF. Well, first of all, it's like it's like Fort Knox in the in in the Trophy Lounge, dude. It's well, I don't want to even say it on here. There are workarounds if you care enough about your friends. Clearly, you don't. No, no, they, it was. It's it's. I'm telling you, Fort Knox. Also, it's just we'll, we'll talk about it later. But it's tricky, and I, I left I left a lot on Friday, but Saturday I ended up getting stuck over there. Um, we talked about it off air, but Aaron Rodgers and, and Miles Teller were sitting in the in like this table next to us, and they started asking for advice. And then we played a pick six together, and we started winning. So I couldn't leave like in the middle of the pick six. It got and tough. if you had if you had under one minute for JK's first obnoxious name drop on the show, go cash your ticket, people. Wow, what he's catty today, isn't he? He's catty. <laughs> the thing is, is PTF still hung over from Saturday because <laughs> I didn't even see him Saturday night, but I arrived back to my hotel on my own. I'll just throw in there, obviously. And the first people I saw were like, oh, uh, PTF's just gone to bed. We've take, we've put him to bed. So <laughs> if we're throwing people under the bus here, let's yes. all go under together. That's fair. And that voice you hear, you know her already. She, I was kidding about spending too much time with her. It's never enough time 
when you're getting to hang with uh, the fun and knowledgeable. Normally, we'd introduce her by her name, but I feel like since she does have a middle name of some prominence and she's on here with, with PTF and, and JK for this show, maybe we'll just call her VBR. Uh, Vanessa Ryle, thank you for joining us here today. Uh, we'll start with you, Vanessa, with just the general question. Your second Breeders' Cup, how did it compare to the first overall, and, and do you think you'll be a regular for the foreseeable future? Well, that's very much on you, PTF, so <laughs> that, <laughs> the last part of that question. Um, very different to Keeneland on all seriousness. Um, very different to what I experienced 12 months ago. Loads of positives to take away from it. Um, I think there were some rides and moments that I felt more like connected to and involved in this year, uh, which we'll get to in due course. And so as a result, I think in terms of a racing experience as a whole, I enjoyed Santa Anita more. But in terms of one race and a memory flight line last year at Keeneland would be hard to top but we're not trying to put one in front of the other just very different events very different experiences really enjoyed myself yeah must say uh was very busy with you throughout the week we did a lot of pro like preview content not only for your platforms but of course at the races as well then we did the tote world pool forum which was really interesting and so I had a I probably had a busier week as well and I tell you, the jet lag is a killer now. No Oof. one fucked that up enough. The extra three hours, you mean, uh, going from East Coast to West Coast. That's right. You, this is yeah. the first, you know, first time on the West Coast for you. So, yeah, it's uh, you'll, you'll get another taste of it next year. I do have to remember that when it comes to filing times in the UK, how difficult it is with that extra, the, that extra time. But uh, all things that will be sorted out, I'm already thinking about improved coverage for next year. And, JK, it was super fun having you be a part of it all as well. Oh, it's always, it's, it's good, man. It's, it's always fun to, uh, it's, it's a fun week. You know, it's a lot of people are paying attention and, um, and, and you get this, the random, the random notes from people that, that, that are watching during that time. And I, I will say this though, um, cause I, I don't really have an allegiance. I, I, I love wherever the Breeders' Cup is. However, I think if you look at it objectively with the weather and with the size of Santa Anita, it is significantly more comfortable and you don't have to wake up and check the weather app every day and cross your fingers. And those two things alone, I really do think go a pretty long way. Like I love Keeneland. Don't get me wrong, but man, it in Churchill as well. Churchill's got enough space, but like, it's just, it's so spread out at Santa Anita. You, you don't really have, you're not on top of people all the time. It doesn't feel like it's Santa Anita um, just because there's enough space. Keeneland and Del Mar are definitely trickier. I, I can't wait. I predict JK. I don't know, 26, 27, having it back here in New York. Talk about having to sweat the weather app. But uh, when this Belmont plan gets done, I'm hoping we can get one of the Big Apple. Imagine all the trouble, Vanessa, you and your English friends can get into uh, right here in uh, in New York City when they don't close the bars at two. I tell you, like, I came back without a voice with a terrible cold and looking <laughs> about 10 years older than what I went. There is a photo of me and JK's wife, Jovanina, where they look like my children and I look like a 40 <laughs> year old woman with alopecia. I will add in, I look like I don't have any eyelashes, so it's not a good look. And so going forward, I will be stepping into a more California way of living, ready for next year, and just preparing myself bodily better. Yeah, you need you, you need to do certain things. And the stupidest thing that I did, just lifestyle-wise, 
I've been so good for a long time about going out and drinking. And every other one is like, you know, it's the double bourbon followed by the bitters and soda. And then you go back to a little double. I don't know what happened. It was all double bourbon this time around, which resulted for some of the late night antics that you were describing earlier. So here's how we're going to do this show. We obviously some of these races we can. I don't want to short trip the discussions we want to have, but some of these races they're all awesome. But some of them I think we can really do in pretty short order, and I don't think we should like let's let's try to do that just intuitively going through which races can we do quickly, where can we dive in? Because if we talk about all these races in depth, it's a two hour show. Nobody has time for that. Um, so that's how I suggest we do that. We've got a ton of other content on the network coming up, by the way. Going to be another in-depth review. Might be pod only, Nick Tamaro and uh, Andy Serling. That's going to get very granular, I'm sure, in all the best ways. We've got, um, you know, for those wondering why I didn't lead with, with the Cody story, we will touch on it, but did a whole other show um, uh, on Cody Dorman with Paul Halloran. I recommend folks check that out. And then, of course, probably the most anticipated show we've ever done will be to catch up with, with Sean Borman, who's had basically his own podcast on the network that he started as a therapy session when things were going poorly. So it'd be pretty interesting to catch the season finale of uh, season one anyway of uh, the Sean Borman podcast. But anyway, so there's tons of stuff. That's where we are as far as that goes. And Me, with that, let's dive into the races. Keep 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 the Sean one under a, under an hour if you can. <laughs> oh, definitely. So you, can, so you can submit it. Oh, that's interesting. That's very interesting. Yeah. You can always edit though. When you when you do that, you can you can do a ninety minute and cut to sixty. I I only recently learned. So if nothing else, Amen. I'll make it marks. Good idea there. Let's start with Big Ebbs in the Juvenile Turf Sprint. This was a horse there was so much talk about, and I felt like uh, exceeded expectations on the track. Did Big Ebbs? I I normally like to give out a figure. The figure on this was eighty five. Yeah, but I think it's wrong because it's basically okay. the same time. Just I say that because it's basically the same time as the turf sprint the next day, which was 20 points higher. And there ain't just ain't no way the track changed that much. So I'm waiting to see what they I think this figure is going to be looked at and probably reevaluated. So let's not worry about the time. Not that 85 is horrible or anything, but it just it just did not compute when I did my cursory uh, look at it. So don't worry about that too much. But what uh, I mean, Vanessa, you're the one to bring in. Tell us what you expected from this horse as we were heading in and uh, how he met or exceeded your expectations. Well, you know full well I was expecting a win because we spoke about it in the preview content leading up to the Friday. And that's what Big Evs went and did. I kept rattling out some of his stats and what he's run at home in terms of how like his Royal Ascot sectional times and then what he did in the Flying Childers at Doncaster and I was pretty confident. And of course, he led home a one, two, three for the UK and Irish trained horses in that. So it got us off to a great start. It was a great moment. I actually watched the race with Tom Marquand, the jockey's uh, wife, Holly Doyle, who was on a ban and was slightly box walking, being at a Breeders' Cup and not riding. Didn't really suit her, but they were on their way to Melbourne for her ride in the Melbourne Cup. And we went out and watched it and it was brilliant watching it with somebody that involved and that close to it. Obviously a first Breeders' Cup win for Tom Marquand and Mick Appleby. Mick Appleby, who would have supported Holly a lot in the past. 
as well. So there was just a lot of love and celebration. I'm not going to lie. In terms of the performance, we know that he can hang. Um, and that's what he did off the bend. That was a little bit of an issue, but he was just too good on the day. He'd already won the race by the time Valiant Force got rocking and rolling down the outside. Starlust, potentially the unlucky horse, did well to finish where he was, but they wouldn't have got part. Like Big Evs had already put the race to bed a good few for a furlong or so out. And look, I don't know if this horse is going to train on as a three-year-old, but it doesn't really matter what he's done for this team as a two-year-old and he'll have a place at stud. He's not the biggest. He's not like, he doesn't naturally look in his races like he will improve again at three. I know the connections will give chat like that, but let's be realistic. He's just a super sharp out and out two-year-old. And he did the business over there and it was great for the Euros. Got us off to a great start, got the job done. And for us who supported him in the run-up, delighted. Anything for you on the juvenile turf sprint, JK, or shall we move it on along to the BC juvenile? I'll just, I'll just be quick. I just think it's kind of, it's just kind of, it's it's interesting that, like Vanessa mentioned, that um, that, that the UK and, and Ireland got the top three spots in a, in a group that it actually felt like we had some good ones. I mean, Crimson Advocate went over there and won at Ascot, so I felt like we had a good hand. Um, but no, I mean, it, it was it was uh, Big Evs was very impressive. BC Juvenile Phillies, impressive winner. Don't mean to take away from, from the winner. Oh, by the way, Timeform had a similar figure to buyer. So maybe I'm tripping. I, I'm going to do a little bit of research about, about how, I think it's an interesting speed figure discussion, how so similar times when there's only one race a day. It's not like they had a lot to make a variant off of, you know, obviously a track can change that much. I think just think it's weird that it, it did. But anyway, that's a, that's a down the rabbit hole for another time. Um, and I don't mean to take anything away from just FYI, uh, who I respect tremendously, but I think we got to start with the fact that the story of the BC Juvenile Phillies largely was the horse that did not show up or showed up for half a race. That was Tamara. Uh, sounded like Mike Smith afterwards said he heard her like make a noise halfway through the race. Sounded like maybe a breathing issue. I haven't heard any more since. Um, she had sort of anti-touted herself in the in the workouts, looking at the California uh, in, in the DRF Clocker report. You know, when a horse goes from working, I forget the exact, but basically from working a, a B plus to a B minus over the course of three workouts, not always a great sign. And uh, that proved to be the case with Tamara. Just FYI, meanwhile, justified the promise that she'd shown, sat right off a very fast pace and uh, held off Jody's pride by a neck getting the victory on this one, JK. We'll throw it to you. What were your thoughts on the juvenile Phillies? Yeah, I mean, nice little hour for uh, for our friends at Coolmore with Justify, right? Yeah, getting hard to Justify next. Uh, you know, look, I mean, it's it's one of those situations where, um, you know, the everyone had kind of heard that Tamra wasn't training the same that she was down there. I, I think she, you know, uh, going forward, who do I want uh, next year in these three old races start? I still want Tamra. Just I don't think yesterday or yesterday. I don't think that Friday was her day, considering. Um, but just FYI ran just fine and, and, and a horse that you'd like to see likely progress, uh, on, but I don't have anything overly exciting to say about the race. You know, um, I did reach out to, to Mike Smith the night before, because I was planning on an all in on Tamra, um, in the BCBC and I'd reached out to Mike Smith and he, I just asked him cause he had been over for the works just asking her. And he, he said that she had a little bit of a skin issue that they had to treat. Um, that was like three weeks out. And, and, and that kind of slowed a little bit of her progress, but he was pretty happy with how she was training, kind of how she was coming around in terms of like expecting her to still run well. He didn't have anything overly negative to report. So 
uh, I just decided there was too much inconsistency in, in what was going on, and I decided to skip it, and, and, and rightfully so, thank goodness. On to the Breeders' Cup Juvenile <clears throat> Phillies turf. This is a race where uh, you, you almost had the first or, or two of the first three winners anyway, two of the two of your first best bets, I think, really, Vanessa, go in with this, the late run from Porta Fortuna. But in the end, it was hard to justify to, taking advantage of sort of a soft middle part of the race who was able to uh, stick her knock out and get the job done. J.K., I wanted to ask you about this. When your first thought on this race was that she was going to be a, a major contender here, did, did you end up sticking with hard to justify and getting a piece of that nine to one, which seemed too big in retrospect for a trainer who wins the race every year? No, no. The, the, the only thing I got out of it was a, was a, was a sprint to the winner's circle and my picture taken. That was, that was it. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I, I just, I, look, I have a hard time with horses who don't have that fast of figures, turf horses that set slow fractions. Um, and that's what she did in her previous race. And so I just couldn't get overly excited about her. I used her defensively in multi-race bets and things like that, but I, I was not, I was not tied on the way that, uh, you'd like to be at nine to one, but she was impressive. I thought she ran extremely well. And, and, um, and yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to probably have to rename this race. There's a couple of races that might need to be renamed. The, the, the dirt mile might need to be changed to the Cody Dorman and, uh, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Phillies turf might need to be changed to the Chad Brown. <laughs> I was all about uh, Porta Fortuna. She feels pretty here. I think she feels pretty was probably best three, four wide the whole way around there. I think uh, I think she ran to the to the way that she had trained and how we thought she was going to do. Bit bit unlucky in the finish there. Vanessa, what did you make of the juvenile Phillies turf? Yeah, well, just picking up on what J.K. said there about Kumar's justify, like really hone in on what a like what a season he's having. He's obviously had the two justified fillies win at the Breeders' Cup. Wow. He's back home. He's got what appears to be the best two-year-old any of us have ever seen in recent times, if you listen to the hype, in City of Troy. And then opera singer, like the best two-year-old filly Aiden O'Brien has as well. I mean, it's just staggering. Like, he's just had this phenomenal, specifically sort of finish to the year. And... I mean, God, yeah, I mean, his stud fees obviously going up and rightly so. And what is still to come from the justifies? Because as hard to justify showed, you know, once they get past that seven furlong barrier, that lot like into the mile and beyond, God knows what's going to be there with some of these horses, because that's where they really start to kick on from the rest of the field is in that last part of the race. And hard to justify the winner herself here. Just what a wonderful attitude. Love that from her. Delighted for Chad. Uh, was disappointed for Donica. I think, you know, that would have been very important for him. And, the you know, being a son of Aidan O'Brien and already got Joseph doing his thing over here. But she ran she ran a brilliant race. Oh, yes, she was unlucky. In part, she was unlucky. But I, I couldn't get away from how impressed I was about the winner, really. In the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, I think, JK, you and I both thought there was going to be ample pace here to set up for the likes of Locked, who I picked, and Timberlake, who you staked your contest life on. Uh, meanwhile, when I look at the Timeform US coded fractions, it's a whole lot of blue. And it's uh, Fierceness, who got the best of the trips. General partner, something went wrong or seemingly not seeing things out, was the early leader through uh, pretty easy fractions. And then Fierceness just took over and put the sword to this field in such a way where it's hard to whine too much about our picks being against the flow. But I did think it was surprising the way this race turned out. 
Um, the figure came back good. Uh, I'm looking at Time Form US, the Raw uh, 125. I mean, that's that would equate to like a 105 buyer. I don't know if you have the buyer in front of you. I'll look it up. I don't think it was 105, but I think it was quick. Um, here it is. No, no, it was, one, it was 105. 105. Yeah. So, I mean, this horse is your, your Kentucky Derby favorite from here. And these other horses that we liked in behind uh, were probably pretty darn good as well. We just didn't necessarily expect Fierceness to, to run off the screen. What was your read on Fierceness going in and how do you feel about him now? Well, it's hard to say what my read is now was then because of, of hindsight is very clearly cleared it up for me. But he had the most impressive maiden win of any horse. That's we're 100% certain of that. Um, but he came back and he ran poorly, but he ran poorly on a sloppy racetrack. And the thing that I have to remind myself of is you have to be forgiving of performances on sloppy racetracks. You could also doubt performances on sloppy racetracks, but you cannot take them at face value when you're dealing with young, improving horses. And that was the mistake I made with Fierceness. Fierceness has been outworking every Todd Pletcher horse in the morning. Um, if you look at, look through workout reports that have Fierceness and he outworks every single horse he works with, including Locke. And ah. I just let, I just let him get away from me a little bit there. Um, I'd convinced myself. Otherwise I had fallen in love with Timberlake and I, I let, I let, I let fierceness get away from me from a common sense standpoint, used him defensively, but you know, like I said, not, not, not in a way that it makes any difference in my life. Breeders cup juvenile turf, unless you want to lean back there, Vanessa on the juvenile, uh, I was predicting the the potential of an Aiden O'Brien one two three. We were denied that with the, the little setback that River Tiber had in the morning, but but we did get the one two with the unquestionable holding off that late charge from uh, from Mountain Bear. And uh, yeah, this one just you know would meet the new boss same as the old boss Aiden O'Brien dominant in a juvenile turf race at the Breeders' Cup. Yeah, there was a sort of sense of inevitability about it, wasn't it? I mean, it's not the show to discuss the scratchings of the European horses. Obviously, Give Me the Beat Boys was meant to end this was scratched earlier in the week. And then River Tiber the morning of, there was a lot of rumours going around the track. River Tiber, um, you know, scratched by Aiden himself, by all accounts. And yes. That was very disappointing. So we had to get over that and reassess. Now, what was interesting with this race is I'd switched to unquestionable in yep. like even whilst River Tiber was still there. And then the race didn't pan out as I thought it might for him, but he was as strong in the finish as I thought he would be. He's just such a consistent horse and he was strong in the finish as I expected him to be. Mountain Bear ran a great race for you at a big price. I know that was one of your horses. Ran on well in the closing stages, as they rightly predicted, but he was probably sort of did his early damage early on in the race and then, you know, struggled to make up a bit of ground after that. Ryan Moore, again, just like, you know, he was exceptional the following day, which we'll get to in due course. But I thought this was... Um, he just gave this the perfect ride, didn't he? He just got into the clear when he needed to, drove him out in the finish. And, you know, he never really looked like being caught, to be honest with you, I didn't think. Do I think he's a superstar to go into next year? No. But do I think there was a sense of, like, like you say, it doesn't matter whether it's first string, second string, in goes Aiden O'Brien. <laughs> Any quick thought on that one, JK, before we get to Saturday? Yeah, just, a, just, just a, one of those situations where I thought two horses could win. River Tiber, unquestionable. And when River Tiber scratched, I started spreading. And when the race was, when they were coming for home, they're the 16th pole, I was like, I'm an idiot. 
just it's, it, like it's that simple, right? If you can, if only two of them can win and one of them goes away, then only one of them can win, right? Um, yeah, but I mean, look, I used I just used too many other horses in the in the in the race that that it, it haunts me a little bit. We're fundamental um, form studiers, handicappers around here at In the Money. The trends, boys and girls, beat us senseless on Breeders' Cup Friday. They didn't look at the form. They just bet Chad, Phillies, and Aiden and the boys, and they get all the money, and we get uh, we, we, we get a, a headache drinking away our sorrows. Let's move to Saturday and the story of the weekend, um, and we will go on a tangent here. Uh, Cody's wish. I mean, what can you say? Uh, National Treasure pretty much had it all as – all his own way on the front. It was a, it was a, it, it was a wild finish. I honestly, I wasn't sure. Weirdly, I was standing next to people associated with the National Treasure Camp. They asked me what I thought of that RG bargy late. I said, I'll give you my honest opinion. I think the horse probably stays up, but if I own National Treasure, I'd be waiting by the winner's circle. There could be something in this. And of course, we got the result that we 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 wanted, if not needed, with the horse staying up. Uh, I thought it was. Jump Bally, uh, but I didn't. I didn't think they'd do it. Um, and I mean, the horse just so, showed so much gameness. But of course, you know, this was the result that you know racing just com- becomes completely secondary in the wake of of, of what happened um, the next day with the passing of, of Cody Dorman, who hung on just long enough to see his boy one uh, run one more time. And J.K., I know you got a chance to spend some time with the Dormans on, on Friday, and I wanted you to tell the listeners that story. Yeah, I mean, look, it's. it's- it's one of those deals where, um, you know, I, I've gotten the impression that they're fans of the horse, but not so, not not that they're like overly like racing, like an overly racing family, like the horse made them a racing family. And uh, as we were leaving on Friday, um, Cody's father like said hello to me um, and and I asked if we could take a picture. And we so we I got to take a picture with Cody on Friday um, and uh just just to see his family be happy you, you got to think that um throughout his life they've had a lot of frustrating moments and a lot of grief and sadness and and and, and anger of, of you know why is why and, and you know all these things of, of 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 the tough road that i'm sure cody's life was and to have these positive experiences and these um you know unforgettable moments that their family got to share together over the last few years with Cody's wish it's as a person in racing, I, I feel very lucky to have then been a part of that as well. And to, to, to have seen it and to observe it and to watch it. And, um, and, and I, 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 I hope that his family can, can look back fondly on those moments uh, as a very important part of, of the last few years of Cody's life. Definitely. And I think even as important as what you're saying is JK and as much as I think these memories will be a comfort to the family forever, the way this story ends, knowing how important it was, and this is all secondhand from talking to Paul Halloran, and you could listen to it on that other podcast, but like Cody himself was very interested in inspiring other people and especially promoting Make-A-Wish Foundation, which had such a profound impact on his life and a charity I've worked with a little bit in the past too. And to, to have the story um, end, end the way it did, well, well we don't have... Uh, Cody anymore. We we have his inspiring legacy forever, and I think that's only going to grow when people learn more about uh, this young man and his family and their struggles and their triumphs. Vanessa, what I know this was when you were across. I know this made international news, not just a, an American thing, but 
just uh, curious to get any any thoughts you might have on this one. Yeah, I mean, how can a human story like this one not reach all parts of the globe? Because it doesn't matter where you're from. It doesn't matter what language you speak, what religion you follow. You know, it just none of that matters when it comes to a human interest story like that of Cody's wish and Cody himself. And of course, it touched so like the whole story touched so many people out here, uh, back here at home, I mean, in the UK. And, you know, listening to a lot of comment on it, it's just amazing it, it, what it brings out in people and how many people he had actually touched and inspired himself and people that you wouldn't necessarily expect. And the race itself, for example, you know, just everything about this story is one literally written out of some sort of very roller coaster movie in the sense of, you know, even that last race and the last weekend, the way he got up on the line, the way it had to go through a steward's inquiry, the scenes afterwards, oh God. And then the tragedy, it's just horrendous. And just, is so many emotions, I guess. But the one thing I would take away from it, I mean, look, I'm not pretending that I was that close to it all. I never met the family, but as I say, you couldn't help but be swept up in it when you're there in the moment. But being a little bit more distant, the one big thing you take away from it is like, look at that kid. Look at all the difficulties he had. Look at all the struggles he had. Yet he could make the most of his life in the best way he could. And yet here's some of we are. And like, I like to think we on this show are not this type of person. But, you know, there are people who moan and groan about having to go to a Breeders' Cup <laughs> or have a little like bitch and a niggle. And it's just like, cop yourself on look at what other people have to go through. Look at what he did and who he inspired. And you're moaning because you didn't get to do a good interview at the Breeders' Cup. Like, get I, over yourself. I think this is coded Vanessa telling me I should not have complained about walking a mile to get the Uber the other morning. I think that's really, this is well, very much directed at me. It's funny that you mentioned that, Vanessa, because right when we were, we were walking out of, of where we were sitting, we were getting ready to walk to, to Din Dai Fung and, and my father-in-law, who, who's a who's a, a race tracker, um, was was in kind of that walking out of the track, complaining about not cashing a ticket mode, and then we were interrupted. His 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 rant was interrupted by getting to meet Cody, and then we walked a little bit further. We were all very, you know, it's a very, you know, you see him on TV, but then to actually meet him in person, it's 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 it's, it's an emotional thing in general. If, if if you have a kid, if you have a pet, you have anything, you have loved yeah. anything, you, you think to yourself, oh my gosh, what this family's gone through, so on and so forth. And then once we finally got out and got the going, uh, Big Ron said, uh, "Those losses don't seem so bad after all, do they?" And and I think That's that fair. makes a, a lot of sense that we should be grateful for. And and I, I think that Cody's family is grateful to find that they got to have him and have these experiences. So. Uh, it's a touching story for sure. No artful way really to segue from something so much more important than all the rest that we're going to talk about. But I'll tell you what, on a normal racing show, this next race might might have been the highlight. Uh, it, it was such an amazing battle between Inspiral and Warm Heart. Vanessa, I just want you to take the ball and run with it here. Oh, God. I mean, this was this really got the heart pumping, didn't it? I, as you know, I was against Inspiral. We can all admit these things on these sort of shows. I was against her, wasn't keen on the way she had been cantering on the track. 
uh wasn't keen on her in the paddock either like she didn't i don't know i didn't feel that she looked great um meanwhile i was what she was very keyed up yeah she was and she was a bit much for my liking and meanwhile warm heart was very much like the ultra professional which to be fair to her is what she's done throughout this season really um and when she got to have her run and got to the front i was like this is it happy days we're going to be home and hosed here nothing outstays her here we go and then there comes in spiral driven down the outside and there was just like as much as i had all this confidence that when warm heart started to make her move i was like yep this is it great and then i saw this red and white with the blue hat flashing and i thought no this isn't it this isn't it this is bad bad uh but look it was a hell of a performance from in spiral to come from that hold up position we knew she had the best turn of foot like she's you know a five, what is it a five-time group one miler so like we know what she can do but obviously the 10 furlongs was the question mark but if she was ever going to get it as the cliche goes it was here and yeah he was he was just in those it was like slow motion in those final strides i was like frankie fucking detori (laughs) thank you very much um look we love him but when he does that to you you're just like come off it now but of course um you know her being a four-year-old warm heart ran a great race for a three-year-old be intrigued to see if they keep her in training for next year don't know what they will do with her, but given her progression and how much she's improved this season, I think getting her on good ground next season over 10 and 12 furlongs, there would be so much more to come from her, but it will be interesting. Meanwhile, obviously in Spiral, I presume, you know, she'll be off to the um, breeding barns now and what a mare she's been and what a high to go out on. And for Gosden, you know, back in America with a horse like her, committing to this race over the further trip and having that real confidence that this is the place to get the trip and she did what she did and you couldn't help but applaud it it was great it was great atmosphere as well oh it was just a terrific finish it went the wrong way for me too gambling wise i was in saver mode on in spiral and and warm heart would have would have made a big difference but it was still one of those things where you just afterwards were like oh man tori what i mean there were two brilliant rides i thought i thought you know the fear with warm heart would be that it might it might prove to be too sharp. I thought it made sense to 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 use her and 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 I think stamina did come into play and in spiral, you know, you're right. This was the place she was going to get it, but it was truly run. You know, she 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 the race was run to suit in a sense, but still if stamina was your worry. She proved she had more stamina than many thought she did. And just a quick before we get to JK, just a quick some shout outs for Moira, who boy, I hope she stays in training because she's such a charismatic Philly, who I've been a fan of for a long, long time. I would not have thought she couldn't got could have gotten so close to those monsters. Maybe some very exciting grade one things for that former uh, Queen's Plate. It was the Queen's Plate when she won it two years ago. Winner, J.K. Uh, a quick thought. You want to touch on anything here? Uh, yeah, I think I thought Moira was selling tonight, at, but I could be wrong about that. I was trying to look at it, but I couldn't tell. Could be. Just, I mean, she's worth a bloody fortune. So I completely wrong about that. Um. There's a few uh, fun horses that are selling tonight, though. Um, you know, just quickly, I'll, I'll just say this. I, I, I think that, you know, the commerce and we and, we, and it kind of came up a little bit with Masters of Seas, Master of the Seas, too. When it comes to uh, stamina questions for for European horses, like, oh, I don't know if they want to go this far. Or when it comes to, oh, this might be too sharp for them. 
I think it all depends on how the race is run, right? Like, like I, I think that, that in a situation where, you know, if the pace was slower for Inspiral, maybe she the, the, she wouldn't, it, it might have not helped, you know? I mean, it was honest enough or, or vice versa. I'm just thinking moving forward, uh, I, I, I want to be a little bit more careful in my brain when I try to make these definitive points because yeah. the, we're comparing almost apples and oranges. I feel like when we're talking about turf racing here and turf racing there, it's just so much different. There's so many different variables. They're running on straights all the time. They're running on, on, on ground that, that is bottomless. We, we, we would cancel four days in advance. Before we ran. You know I mean, it's so there's so many different variables. I think it's, I think it's more complex than this is too sharp for her or stamina is a question. And I, I just want to remind myself of being a little bit more uh, diligent when, when coming up with opinions and not just kind of throwing it away to that. Billy and Mayor Sprint, good night, Olive, wins this race for the second year in a row. The draw, we were worried, didn't do her many favors. It didn't. Uh, was definitely fighting kickback a little bit early, but Arad Ortiz just did a magnificent job getting her in position, and she made no mistake. I, I don't want to give this race short shrift, but I mean, it was just so like logical to what, how it was going to play out. I, I don't know how much more I have to say about it. What about you, JK? Uh, I mean, look, I, I thought she was outstanding. I, I thought that, that, that the point that we tried to make, or I tried to make, you tried to make a couple of other people tried to make the best race she had ever run in her life. In my opinion was the second to echo Zulu that she ran uh, in her last start. And I loved the inside the draw actually worked out perfectly for her. She was put into the race a little bit more. Um, I had kind of known that was going to be the plan anyways. Uh, I had like discussed it with, with, with Chad and in a conversation we had about her being forward, she used to be forward more often. And this year, except for the, for, for the race against Echo Zulu, she was a little bit further back. And I thought the inside position was going to get her right where she needed to be. She was outstanding. Um, what a cool horse to win back to back breeders cup races is one thing. And, uh, it, it's, I, I thought she was, she was, uh, she was outstanding. She's in a cell tonight as well. So we'll be rooting for, for the connections, um, for her to kind of get of a big, I think she'll probably have a big number, right? Back-to-back Breeders' oh, Cup. Yeah. And we should give a quick mention to the fact that JK isn't plugging this himself, but he was all aboard the three, two-time Breeders' Cup winners. And this That's is right. the second leg. Thank you, Vanessa. No um, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, but look, it's 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 it, they were I they were they're good horses and they were in good spots, right? I mean, Cody's wish didn't have to face anyone that could really warm him up throughout the year. I mean, you know, obviously National Treasure ran extremely well. Good night, Olive was in a great situation, which could have would potentially changed had Echo Zulu been in the race. You know, and then elite power was elite power, which I'm sure we'll talk about. So um, we'll get there. Yeah. Yeah. Which we'll, which we'll talk about. Yeah. yeah. Go ahead. Master of the seas in the BC mile. This was a horse I very much discounted. Wasn't sure how he'd be suited by Santa Anita. Thought the post over at Din Tai Fung in the mall wasn't going to help him out one should, bit. Should I ignore him? <laughs> I can't see who it, it's Borman. Yeah, tell him you're on there. I'll call him back. <laughs> yeah, tell him his podcast is tomorrow. Um, I'll call him back. Master of the Seas was just, I mean, he was tremendous. He was better than I gave him credit for. I mean, Maj ran an incredible race, a winning race, being on top of the pace, making that lead, just getting run down late on the time form. U.S. algorithm, it has 
her coming out best with a 129 equivalent of about a 109 performance figure on the buyer scale with Master and Casa both at 107s. I mean, this this was a hell of a scrum, not not a race where my uh, handicapping opinion covered itself in glory, though I will say Songline just looked like she gave away her race early, pulling and pulling and acting a fool a bit out there. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, all credit. Uh, Charlie Appleby said, hey, remember me? And he's got another Breeders' Cup trophy. Vanessa, what did you think of this stretch run? Yeah, it's that it's a, it's an interesting battle, isn't it, between the Godolphin trainers, um, Morge being Saeed bin Saroor's best horse in in a long time, and this very much being her target and this international campaign we've witnessed of her throughout all of 2023. Um, some complaining about the ride, like did he go a bit too strong? Did he deliver a too early? Ashim Murphy. I, she was, you know, you were just dying for the line for her and then mastered the seas from a completely different position and a completely different horse himself, completely different profile of a horse, came strong and late in the closing stages and got there on the line. Um, I don't know, could the results have been, yeah, I think the results probably could have been different with things done slightly differently aboard Moors, just maybe just tried to reserve that little bit more petrol. Did he make his move too early? Maybe. But ultimately, like, we shouldn't discredit the winner. You know, he he was fancy. Obviously, he was fancy for this race. He went off favourite. And, like, he had to come from what was an uncompromising position himself in terms of the early stages of the race. So I think we should give him credit. And I think he just doesn't have the same sexy profile as Maud, you know, being an older horse withdrawn, of course, from this race itself a couple of years ago has had issues, is tricky to train, tricky to get right. That's been well documented, had to come out of stall 13. Like this horse on his day is well, as we've witnessed, you don't need me to say it, but a, a serious horse with the right conditions. I just think the hype horse had become Morge, and then the focus was on the ride thereafter. I think it's a little unfair to Oshin from the point of view of, I feel like Saez aboard Casa Creed was sort of pushing him and hounding him. And, and I think he'd have faced criticism for waiting if he'd let Casa Creed actually head him. So... I think that's a little uh, a little harsh to criticize Oshin for that. And and it wasn't like it was that that fast. So that's my two cents on the rides there. What do you think? What do you think, Jonathan? Well, I mean, I'll just say there's just two thoughts I have. One is that that if you to, to Vanessa's point about maybe uh, you know the pace being a little quick, Maj on time from US did get a better number than the winner. Yep. In defeat, which suggests that the pace was quick. Um, I thought Costa Creed ran extremely well. And then how close we were to history, right? With, with Maj having uh, back-to-back winners or Maj's damn having back-to-back winners of the mile. That would have been uh, some feat. It was an exciting yeah. race. Exciting race for sure. Another race you could listen to me whine about for hours is the Breeders' Cup Distaff, where I felt like Clarier, had she not struggled to get a, a run through, might have been able to to go through there and 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 go there to win the race. Randomized ran huge, but the story is really uh, idiomatic. Who stepped up once again and uh, and and managed to get the job done? One twenty three time form. That's with a big upgrade for being near that pace. As is randomized. Um, raw numbers for them are one eighteen and one seventeen respectively. Upgraded on the algorithm to one twenty three. Serious serious race. This distaff and uh, yeah, I mean certainly one of the best horses won, but. Felt a little bit hard done, especially because I had that giant each way 
on Clarier. So to be denied that by uh, by a neck, uh, not my worst beat of the weekend, but it's in the top three. <laughs> yeah, look, I, 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 you know, Joel uh, on a couple of occasions uh, was found himself down on the inside with a horse. I really need, I needed to get out. Um, I will say this: Randomized did run huge, and I think she could have a monster monster four-year-old year for a couple of reasons one and this is not inside information i think this is just obvious to anyone who pays any attention randomized was clearly sent away from there to be almost a rabbit search results is selling tonight search results is an older horse that they're going to get rid of obviously randomized are going to run back randomized was in a race that looked like there was a bunch of pace in it they sent randomized to set it up for search results and randomized outran her rabbit position in my personal opinion. And when horses can do that, you got to give them a lot of credit. I thought she ran extremely well. Anything on this one, Vanessa, or shall we move it right along to one of the big ones, the BC turf? Let's, let's do it. it. This you want to talk about rides. Let's 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 maybe start there with with a with Augusta Dan. Actually, I'll start with just a little preamble. I was so sure that this pace was going to be fast. I was so sure. And it just didn't play out that way at all. And my one advice to our, our friends at, at Valley Doyle, and I know the other horse scratched, but I think the plan all along was for Broom to be the rabbit. The next time you send a rabbit, make it a fast horse who can get himself out of the gate. Go ahead. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, I mean, that that would be pretty important, wouldn't it? Um, not that um, it didn't work out perfectly for them, just not some other closers I needed to run. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those races that you could just watch back time and time again. Like, every time you watch it, you get something else from it. I've really enjoyed watching the replays of all the Breeders' Cup races. But this was pretty special, wasn't it? Look, like, Auguste Rodin, having had this unique season in terms of, like, he's an Irish derby winner, he's an English derby winner, um, like, he disappointed in a Guineas and a King George. Like he had such a mixed profile in terms of what he's done this season, but ultimately he's got five wins at the highest level. So like he's, you know, I mean, and look, the team has spoken at length about how special he is, et cetera, et cetera. But in terms of the ride itself, from the gates onwards, you know, Ryan Moore's just like tactical awareness of where to be, what to like, who to get away from, what to let happen in front of you without panic. Like the horse got a bit keen and then he switched him to the outside, got him into a bit of his own room, like looked after him in the early stages. To be able to have that like ability to not panic and just let the race settle down in the way he did in those early stages. And then you've got the likes of King of Steel being too gassy in there. Mostadaf, he misbehaved beforehand and like clearly didn't run his race. Um, yeah, he lets all that carnage happen around him in the race and Sharia bumping a few horses away as well off the rail, just it all happening in the early stages. And then he gets him in that position, slots him into the rail, and then the way it opens up for him, it just parts beautifully. It's like an August Rodan size gap opens up on the rail. And then the horse, just in lovely time and rhythm, whips through it like a greyhound around that bend. I mean, he's so balanced and he's not a big horse, and that. You know, the way in which he has the balance for a racehorse is fascinating to me. I just loved everything about it. One thing I will say is obviously Ryan Moore went over with the whip, which and he got, was it a 20K ban? Well, not ban, fine. 
Yeah, he's, he'll he'll pay he'll pay some money for that, right? Because he went over six strikes. Yeah, like a few people were saying in the moment that they uh, didn't they, they hadn't noticed that. Now, not when I was on track, because obviously you're swept up in the moment. But the first thing I thought when I watched it back was, oh, he got really jiggy with the whip there. I actually noticed it for the first. I can honestly say that. I thought, yeah, he's really got stuck into him. And it's not something you see Ryan Moore do very often. That is the only negative comment. But other than that, like, it was just poetry. I loved it. And like I say, I've loved the replays. And I love the kind of two fingers up to the doubters from the team. Like, they said this horse was special. They said they could travel with him. And the travelling line was bullshit, essentially. And... They were so confident in him, you know, all week. There was lots of confidence about Auguste Rodin, the way in which he was moving on both tracks. And it all came to fruition in this perfect ride. And I just, I loved it. It's like, it's what horse racing should be. And at a world championship event for a ride and a race like that to unfold, I think, you know, the Breeders' Cup and the brand should be so pleased that that, sort of race unfolded on for the turf for the big race on the turf it's just it's exactly what you want international participation from all corners of the world different form lines different connections and then a ride and a race like that oh perfect loved it it was pretty it was pretty magic it wasn't the circumstances i would have thought he would have needed the pace and maybe that's why ryan was so aggressive there i mean this was i think our friend kevin blake in a brilliant write-up he did on this race um going through the tactics on at the races.com absolutely worth a read uh, said, you know, it wasn't plan a B or C. He was down to down to D or E with the way it worked out without a pacemaker and, and it being even fractured. That's just it. It's just letting that carnage unfold around you and not to panic in the moment. That is like the 0.000001% of sports people have that in them. And I love that. JK, take a bow. You were right about up to the mark. Not that, I'll tell you what, I'm not convinced he wouldn't have won the mile had he been in it. So I'm not going to totally fall on my sword, but you liked him for this race and he ran a tremendous winning race. Yeah, look, I'll, I'll, I'll take about it just took and Vanessa's been talking and I'm and this is not me saying this like, like I'm upset about it. Vanessa's been talking about how amazing that ride was for five minutes. It took that ride that she's oh, that she's been talking about that ride that she's been talking about for up to the market beat. Right. Like, right. I mean. I think that, that 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 lays it all there. I, I think that he ran extremely well. I'd love to see what's going to happen with him. I mean, I, I'd imagine he'll be back. Uh, you know, I mean, I, I suppose he could try to be a stallion, but why would you, you want, wait a little bit? Why now? I think I might have seen something on Twitter about that being it, but I, I hopefully I'm wrong about that. Really? I'll look. I'll look. But, yeah, I mean. Check Danielle's, uh, check Danielle's Twitter real quick. Um, yeah. Or, but or I think. Poorly, I guess. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure they'll have. You'll see, you'll see something about it. But we can. Uh, uh, you, you were absolutely right about that one. Any other thoughts on that? I think we can almost just get this ship in if we uh, pivot to the classic right now. Yeah, let's roll. I mean, I don't spend Rapoli's, but you know, that we'll information see. will will come to light in the fullness of time, as they say in Vanessa's part of the world. Breeders' Cup Classic, White Abario. The closer we got, um, I think the more a lot of us believed. Um, he ran a, he ran a great race. I mean, it's a perfect trip, but he was, but at the same time, wasn't easy in the sense that he earned it because these were honest fractions up top. And, uh, I feel a lot better about my derby pick JK 
coming out of this one. Derma Sotagake never really looking like winning, but making that visually striking move late to come up and grab second in the spot. Arabian Night, maybe uh, maybe a bit too soon. Ushbutasoro, and gosh, if you listen to us all week, and you listen to Michelle Yu all week, talk about how they never got that horse in the starting gate with the front door and back door closed. You probably weren't surprised that he broke slowly and never was able to have an impact in here. Got to pay attention to the to, uh, the, the folks on the network, people. Um, anyway, White Abario was was pretty darn excellent, and uh, and you know the Dutro uh, redemption tour continues. What what did you think, J.K.? Um, yeah, I mean, look, I, I thought he, I thought he ran extremely well. He ran like he ran in the, in, in the Woodward. Um, you know, it's not flashy. It's, it's not, it's not, the, it's not this like oh, over the top thing. And I guess maybe it's because, because he, 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 we, I like knew who White Abario was before he turned into this version of White Abario. So it's always a little bit like, ah, you don't quite believe it, you know, until still to the, but no, I, I mean, I thought he was great. And, and I think that, you know, Arabian Night ran well enough and, and, and obviously Dermot uh, Sotogake ran extremely well and, and, and made sense for all the people that liked him in the Derby. And that's a hell of a training job too, considering how, how long the horse had to, uh, was on a layoff after that. Yeah. And then I got to shout out the, uh, the, the lady in the, uh, in the elevator who uh, annoyingly jumped into my conversation and told me, don't throw proxy out. He's going to run well. Um, and uh, I mean, I wasn't involved, so it's not like I'm mad that. It, but she, uh, yeah, she did. She, 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 uh, she jumped into the conversation and and told me to make sure I use a uh, proxy. And so, one of your involved. bodyguards didn't keep her from you at this point. You didn't. You weren't able to get. Uh, you weren't able to get that done. Or was it? No, one of those- I will tell you this though. There's still there still is not a more annoying thing in the history of the world than someone asking you who you like and oh, then wanting to argue with you. Yeah. <laughs> You asked me. I thought I didn't I ask thought, you. I thought we'd had the rules established at this point. You can speak with Mr. Kinchin, but do not look him directly in the eye. Uh. No, it was a it was a cooperator's cup. Obviously, I think what JK is saying about White Abario is, you know, we're not exactly it wasn't exactly a flight line type of a win, but no. what, did, what, did you, what did you what did you I want to hear Vanessa's point of view about what you what you um just what you made of this and how into the classic you are now with this being your, your second one, obviously, you know, normally dirt racing, not your remit, but you know, you gotta, there is something special about the classic for all the reasons you were saying about the turf, the big international clash, et cetera. Yeah. I think, I think that's what I'm starting to really love and appreciate about specifically not well racing as a whole, as we like, as I sort of go through life, like, you know, with the main focus here in the UK and Ireland, but when you travel to these uh, bigger events, so that international angle just really, for me, adds something. I really enjoyed speaking to Michael about the um, Japanese horses in the lead up to the race and about like why they could run well, how they could run well. You know, I'm I'm never going to be well. Maybe I will be one day, but I'm definitely currently not an expert on Japanese racing. But having those good people around you to add some real meat to the bones of a race like this, even though in some ways. There's no getting away from the fact that it, it fell apart in the days before. Um, it still added something for me in terms of the race itself, you know, and a classic and a moment. Like I mentioned it at the top, I, I don't think anything will top that moment for flight, like of watching Flight Line. So I definitely, and, and the Flight Line hype beforehand, that really helped me 
get involved with the classic personally last year and I'm not gonna lie this year I just I just didn't felt feel as connected to it um because of the way in which it had fallen apart beforehand right. just my personal view but in terms oh, yeah. of the winner I mean like how could you not be deeply impressed with him and the story in which they've got him to the track he's clearly had his issues along the way and they've rectified those and got things better for him and I like that sort of background so Look, I, I, of course I enjoyed the race, but it's it's hard for me to be that invested, I think. We've got about seven minutes. You go ahead, JK, and then we got seven minutes to do the yeah, last Yeah, well, that's fine. We can be quick. I'll, I'll say this, though. Like, it also, I think it, you know, losing Archangelo hurt because I think it was going to be, it was kind of a battle of the two-year-old, the three-year-olds and the older horses, and Archangelo was leading that that uh, that uh, attack. But, it, you know, it yeah. is what it is. It, it, it happens. Um I will say that I, I do think that it becomes pretty interting on who's going to get horse of the year. I mean, I, well, I, I think that's that, a whole other podcast. No, but I, I do think that I think that that right now, if you had, if I, I think Cody will win. Um, I, I think that it's it'd be silly to ignore the sentimental portion of it. Um, that some people are going to do that, and when I say sentimental portion of it, I think that also goes in in terms of Rick Dutrow's coming in off of a ten year suspension. I think people are going to vote for Cody's wish. That's he would be the he would be the leader in the clubhouse for me. We will we will probably do multiple oh, podcasts. On and that up topic. to the mark did retire. He did retire. Yeah, I thought I saw oh. Danielle say something on Danielle Bricker, who works for the for the barn. I thought she had said something on Twitter. Can we can we limit our conversation to the horse I'm going to call Nobles um, as much as possible because um, this was the toughest beat of my entire racing life. Give me this big invasion for my lungs. Give me living the dream, hanging on for my lungs. Give me Motorious. Don't give Whoa. me Motorious. And I know you were in the same boat, JK. I mean, look, yeah, I'm being I mean, mean, it's just, I'm being mean. I mean, he won the race fair and square. It's just, you know, yeah. physically, I'm not ready to talk about it. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah, I mean, I don't really don't have a lot to add. I thought Big Invasion was was outstanding. Caravelle got a, a perfectly fine trip, in my opinion. It just didn't really, you know, run her big race. Um, uh, the the living in the dream probably needs a new jockey that continues to get run off with, going entirely too fast. Yeah, um, I mean, yeah. And 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 I, big invasion once again, and for the fourth time probably this year, I think he was best. And uh, you know, it is what it is. Why do you say that? Question is that is that harsh, uh, Vanessa? Or are you with that? Look. It's it's facts rather than opinion, isn't it? I think at this stage, almost to said what JK's just said, I totally get where it. Um, I tell you, one of the like toughest moments of my trip was seeing Adam West after this horse uh, after this race. I mean, like I rarely see a grown man cry, and the guy is crying. Jesus. Like he genuinely thought that this horse was going to win for starters. Basically he, ran a winning race, you know, I mean, he this ran a winning race. He was two or whatever lengths clear. He was at a time where he definitely should not have been. And, you know, he was very much the fastest horse and he didn't win sort of angle. It's, it was, is what Adam was saying, but there was like deeper heartbreak there. Like there was a deeper heartbreak there on a few levels one that he said to me something along the lines, it's not a direct quote, but basically nice guys don't win. He was essentially saying that, you know, he'd left the lad on the horse because that was his ride. And it was the biggest stage in the world stage. And it was Sean Curran's biggest opportunity. And that's why, he, of course, he could have gone with a better jockey, but he tried to be the nice guy and it didn't work. 
Oh. And it, oh God, you know, it's like it's heartbreaking to hear. And then the other thing is, you know, those around him in that moment were saying, you know, he'll be back next year and that. And it's just like, what world are you living in? Like, we want to win in your in race, so we're here. We'd have to win a win in your in race to get here again. Like the prize money, great. It doesn't cover like the outgoings for a horse and a trainer like this on an international, you know, like it doesn't make their life for them. Like he's still, and as he put it, it's like, I have to go back home and train naught to 55 horses now. And like, it was just, it was a ten, really ten interesting. Claimers being the, 10 claimers being the, the analogy maybe over here. Sorry. Yeah. No, don't apologize. Yeah. You're saying it correctly. I'm just trying to complete the, complete the metaphor. But I mean, is it, it's, we're, we're going on and that's okay. We're going to have to go a little bit long because um, I have to ask you this. Wouldn't, I mean, Adam did such a phenomenal job with this horse. He's so wonderful to be around. He clearly loves his horses. Shouldn't yeah. an opportunity like this afford him more opportunities on such a high stage, or does your game there not really work that way as much as you know? It's it's a bigger conversation, isn't it? But what he's saying, what he was, he was, we were all saying those comments, and we were like, Adam, like you have covered yourself in glory on this trip. You know, you've trained the horse to perfection for a race. You've delivered him meticulously. It just hasn't gone your way. It's racing. I mean, you know, when you're in that situation where. I was talking and the more I was talking, I was thinking, oh my God, like I, there is nothing I can say that is the right thing to say here. And in the end we left him to it, you know, but I don't, it doesn't work that just cause he's had a spin out on a big stage with this horse that the floodgates are going to open. You see it time and time again in the UK. It just doesn't work like that. Yes. He's made good connections. Yes. He's been brilliant on and off camera and he's a top guy but doesn't mean that his yard is suddenly going to be full. Not a chance. Doesn't mean that somebody's going to give him a group one winner. No. But, you know, spinning it back to the horse we spoke about first, Mick Appleby, he is in, well, I was last point on this, I was listening to Lydia Hislop talk about this. She was saying that, you know, he, that win of Mick Appleby's, he's come from that lower level of training. And already it's like there's an inspiration there that, you know, you can get a good horse at whatever level. It can come through your door. And that's what I hope, you know, Adam takes away from it in, when he sits down and thinks about it. But that heartbreak in the moment, it's a real insight that it's not just the high days and holidays. These people are trying to make a living and there's heartbreak there. We've got a lot of listeners internationally. If you're thinking of uh, putting a horse with somebody in the in you know, over yeah. there, you want to you want to spend some money. Black type thoroughbreds needs a uh, needs somebody uh, to help them over in that part of the world, or ten strike racing, or whomever. Give Adam West yeah. a call. Give Adam West a call. J.K. Frankie Dettori's sitting in the jocks room for this race. If he's aboard, living the dream, who wins? Hopefully, big invasion. <laughs> <laughs> I think him going too hard on living the dream is why Big Invasion got so close. You got it, don't you think? Well, no. I mean, I I think the Big Invasion was going to always make that run. I'm just being I'm being facetious. I mean, look, gotcha. Big Invasion just got unlucky down on the inside. He just needed a, if he had a clear run, I think he's probably the winner. Uh, no matter who was riding, living in the dream. So interesting. Uh, interesting. I don't know. It's it's racing. You you kind of gotta like like you said. Uh, like Vanessa tried to explain to Adam, it 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 happens. You can be right and still be wrong. Yeah. Breeders' exactly. Cup sprint. Breeders' Cup sprint. Your third of three repeat winners. Uh, elite power. Not in wonderful position. Not the 
blazing pace you expect from the likes of the Breeders' Cup Sprint. Um, in the end, Elite Power, just much too good. And here comes Gunite to uh, pick off Nakatomi or to hold off Nakatomi late, giving uh, Sean Borman the BCBC. We'll save that for another show. Uh, pretty good stuff from Elite Power, one that I don't really have much on. No, I, this is exactly, I mean, I, he, he was who I thought he was. Um, and, and not just who I thought he was, who a lot of people thought he was. I, I think that this idea, because he was a late running sprinter, I think this is just a, a handicapping lesson in general. The idea that late running sprinters want more ground is in big invasion, I think is proof of that as well. That's not true. Sometimes, depending on the type of late running sprinter they are, they really just need shorter. Their, their, their run is becoming is their three furlong run. It's too long. They're more of a, of a, you know, a furlong and a half type of run. Uh, three sixteenths of a mile is what they want to kind of blast away with. And in those shorter races, they can do it. Uh, I don't think anyone was beating elite power. Um, I don't think anyone was beating him on, 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 on Saturday. It, it was an easy win and made the eight to five look like an absolute gift. I, I, in BCBC calculations, thought it was going to be four to five to six to five. Um, oh, well. Uh, Vanessa, just a closing thought on the Breeders' Cup experience in general, and then we'll go back to JK to get one, and then we're out of here. Just a couple minutes over. Not bad. My closing thought is, please have me back next year. <laughs> How about the Derby? You want to come to the Derby? Can you miss it? Can you miss another new market? I'd miss a new market for the Derby anytime. Um, also, maybe a little Pegasus trip in between. Ooh, I mean, just... yeah, let's bring you out for the Pegasus. Let's get you. Can you re recruit a couple of horses for him and uh, for the for the turf? You, you Why, when it was announced that uh, Calvin Harris is playing afterwards, isn't it? I bumped into Joseph that night, and I was like, "Got a horse for the Pegasus now? <laughs> we could go there on a little jolly." He wasn't really that geared up for that. But, you know, I could scout around. Yeah, keep working. And because there's the Philly and Mayor race, too. So you got two different things to to shoot for. Anybody who wants to take a wild shot on dirt, I'm sure they'd be they'd be well accommodated. It's it's going to be great. And, oh, I'm so relieved there was a potential family conflict, but that was avoided by one week. Parent had something super important that I would have had to pass on Pegasus this year. But I, but I will be there. Bells will be on. J.K.? Sum up this year's Breeders' Cup for us. Well, as soon as I heard that Calvin Harris was playing at Pegasus, I I messaged my brother's manager, who they have the same manager. Oh, really? And I said, oh. Milo, you got to get get Mark on the show too. But awesome um, uh, you know, I mean, look, I, this the Breeders' Cup. I think is the same that it always is for me in terms. Of it's it's the best two days of betting that we have. It's the the best two opportunities that we have. Two days of betting opportunities. Uh, the BCBC is is without a doubt. It's not even close, not even close to the biggest contest that we have in, in the world. Um, and that includes any contest that takes place in a bad hotel in Las Vegas. Um, and yeah, he's, he's just like that. Keep going. Yeah, well. <laughs> um, and, you know, at the 14 championship races, they do an outstanding job with, with, with a lot of the, the ways that they do – the hospitality, right? It's different than Pegasus, right? Pegasus is more of like this kind of a fun party thing. 
the derby is really set up for crowd control and this this bucketless item thing. But to me, the two days of the Breeders' Cup is set up perfectly for the racing fan and the racing pundit and the racing the betters, and it just it 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 works out really well. Like, look, I mean, obviously, there everything can be can be perfect, but just the simple things like the shuttles from the hotels to the racetrack, like make everything so much easier than than it needs to be. And I, I think the Breeders' Cup. <laughs> Um, does an outstanding job in, in, in this event. And uh, I'm grateful that we get to go and be a part of it. And, and um, I look forward to it every year. Vanessa, yeah, the there's breeders, a mute. breeders last, last line to the Breeders' Please. Cup, the team behind the scenes. Because, like, that is a hell of a show they put on. And it's, no, never mind the racing, just, like, no stone left unturned. You know, the team, one member of the team came to meet me for a drink and one of the TVs wasn't working straight on the phone to a guy to come fix it and within minutes it was fixed like their like attention to detail from getting horses over internationally from promoting it the social side the organization the logistics bravo it's the best thing i do all year and i, I bloody love it hence why i make the joke about wanting to come back next year I, I get it. I, I was just going to mock you. You know, there's a mute button right there in your dashboard. The world does not need to listen to you sneeze. Just just throwing it out there. And, Sorry. Uh, and, and, and to get back to, to JK's, JK always likes to make these uh, these boomer jokes about me, which are completely untrue. But but I but I will admit, at least for the purposes of making this joke, that when I first thing I did when I heard Calvin Harris was playing at the Pegasus was Google. <laughs> not true, but I had to I had to do it. I had to do it. Um, that's it. This was fun, guys. Really appreciate you. Appreciate our friends at the Breeders' Cup who are great hosts and are such, you know, valuable clients. And they put on an absolutely great event. I think it's just only going to get greater. Um, JK, you're always a pleasure to work with. You're fantastic this week. Vanessa, though, really uh, MVP level performance in the way you were able to, to help us out. And um, just, you know, you and and your friends from over there, just a, a great, great crew to hang around with and bring some of that positive and uh, worldwide uh, energy to the event. So much fun. That's going to do it for this edition of the show, which has been a production of In The Money Media. I'm Peter Thomas Fornatel. May you win all your photos. 